All right, we are ready to begin. If you'd like to come in and find a seat. We are ready to begin. If you'd like to come in and find a seat. Jim Miller, are you here? Is Jim Miller here? He's out there, okay. If you got here late, I want to make sure everyone has an orange uh, sermon outline. Some of them are out in the lobby. If someone wants to run and get some of these orange sermon outlines and bring them into the back table. If you didn't get one, we're going to have them on the back table. Run back and get one. You need a sermon outline for today. So be sure to, uh, there are orange ones or white ones there. So let's make sure everyone has one. Do you need one of these for the sermon today? Yep, be sure to get them. Thanks. Okay, let's give this PowerPoint a try. Kenton, if you're ready, got it. Thank you. Let's try again. There we go. All right, so I called this morning's uh, sermon The Unopened Present. Um, and already some people have been quite anxious because they looked at the sermon notes and they saw that there were two pages of sermon notes. And um, they heard that there were like 47 PowerPoint slides and they figured they were going to be here till, till at least 1 o'clock and people were really getting worried. So my word for you this morning, Jim Miller probably remembers a uh, men's prayer meeting we had in our basement a long time ago. Jim reminded me of this, uh, of a prophetic word that God gave me that consisted of two words. Jim, do you remember the prophetic word that God gave that consisted of two words? Fear not. So my word for you this morning is fear not. Uh, and... My, my title this morning is The Unopened Present. Imagine, imagine with me this morning that you planned to give someone a, a present. You worked and you saved and you went out and bought or made or constructed a fantastic present. The best present that you could ever imagine for someone. Someone you loved. In fact, it wasn't even a secret or surprise. They knew something was coming. They knew something wonderful and amazing was coming. They knew it was coming. It was going to be great. Now, what's the best part of giving someone a gift? Seeing them open it, isn't it? What's, what's the fun of, of giving someone a gift if you don't get to see them open it and don't get to see their reaction, don't get to see their face, their, their surprise, their delight? So you worked hard and you planned and you saved and you got this fantastic present for someone. And you wrapped it and you gave it to them and they looked at the wrapping paper, and they looked at the bow. I remember my mom used to, you know, I, I think the wrapping paper and the bow was more important than the gift, really. It was like, wow, what an amazing 
wrapping paper in bow, and they said how pretty it is. But they never opened it. Oh, imagine after all that time and planning and work and saving and getting ready, and you give it to them and they never open it. And they just let it sit there for days, for weeks, for months, for years. And it sits there and they never open it. I'd be pretty disappointed, wouldn't you? Our first scripture this morning comes from Acts chapter 1. And you'll get the connection real fast to this opening story. Acts chapter 1. On one occasion, this was after Jesus' death, after Jesus' resurrection. Jesus was with his, his disciples and the scripture says, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the, what? Gift. Wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with, what? The Holy Spirit. So, gift. Jesus said, you're going to get a gift. And in the same breath, in the same sentence, he said, that gift is going to be Holy Spirit. And what I want to tell you today is that God has a marvelous, amazing gift for each one of you, for each believer. And unfortunately, I believe that many believers never think about it, never acknowledge it, pursue it, this thing, this person called Holy Spirit. So let's think about that this morning. Who is Holy Spirit? Number one, Holy Spirit is God. Holy Spirit is God. Now, we believe that that Scripture teaches us that there is one God who exists in three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Father, Son, who is Jesus, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. All are equal, all are God, all have existed from eternity past, as far back as you can think, and then further back and further back and further back. And further back, and then eternity future, as far into the future as you can imagine, and further. So all have always existed and all will always exist. And somehow I think we get confused when we think about God and the three persons of God. We think about God the Father, but somehow we think that, that maybe, yeah, Jesus, Holy Spirit, they're sort of, they're sort of lesser, they're sort of god light. They're sort of a lesser God somehow. Not true. Not at all true. They are all equal. They are all God. And, and Father, Son, Holy Spirit are just names that we use to distinguish between the three persons of God. And so we would, we would see in Scripture that God the Father is in heaven. Jesus, God the Son, is there at the Father's right hand. And God, Holy Spirit, is with us and in us, lives in every believer. But we, if we look in the Bible, we start back in the Old Testament, we realize that uh, that wasn't always the case. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came on special people in special situations for special jobs, for special tasks. And I'm going to give you um, some examples of that from the Old Testament, and I'm going to try to go through these uh, pretty quickly, but this is a really interesting one. For way back 
in the very beginning of the Bible, in the book of Exodus, this man by the name of Bezalel. Bezalel, Exodus 31. And this is where God's people were coming out of Egypt. They'd been slaves, and God delivered them. Moses led them out of Egypt, and they were going through the wilderness to the promised land, a journey that should have been a short journey, but ended up taking, taking 40 years to get to the promised land. So God gives them instructions as they're going through the wilderness to build this special tent, this special uh, thing called the tabernacle, where they could set it up and they could come and worship God there, and God's presence could be there with them in that structure, in that, in that tabernacle. And God gave them special instructions as to how to build this thing. And it was, it was made out of really special material, special stone, special uh, fabric. And apparently there weren't people skilled among the slaves coming out of Egypt to be able to build this thing according to God's specifications. Because in Exodus uh, 31... God says to Moses, see, I've called by name this guy, his name was Bezalel, I have called this name uh, by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, the, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God. Bezalel was filled with the Spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship, to devise artistic designs, to work in gold and silver and bronze, in cutting stones for setting and carving wood to work in every craft. So all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit comes on Bezalel, and he has all these skills. Did you know that Holy Spirit knows how to sew? Well, Bezalel learned all these crafts and all these craftsmanship because Holy Spirit came on him. Holy Spirit doesn't need to put duct tape on things to, to help them to uh, uh, look better. Holy Spirit knows how to sew. And God had lots of new things for Bezalel to do. It seems like Bezalel didn't have all he needed to do his work. And so God said, I'm going to give him what he needs. More important, I'm going to fill him with my spirit. And he's going to have the skills that he needs. And so this is what, this is what God does. And, and so Bezalel is a great example of for a specific situation, a specific task, God pours out his Holy Spirit. Uh, and so there are other, uh, I'm not even going to go through all of them. In the Old Testament, there's this guy called Gideon who was one of the judges of Israel through uh, Judges chapter 6. Uh, uh, the Bible says the Holy Spirit came on him and he led Israel out to victory. There is another man by the name of Jephthah, Jephthah Judges chapter 11. Samson. Uh, who, you know, of course, many of us know was this incredibly strong guy from Judges chapter 14. The Bible says the Spirit of God would come on him and he would do mighty things as he was uh, one of the leaders of Israel. King Saul, uh, Saul, who became the first king of Israel in the Old Testament, 1 Samuel chapter 10, uh, the Holy Spirit came on him, and he began to prophesy, and he was a leader of Israel in the Old Testament. God said from the prophets in the Old Testament, God said in Ezekiel 36, I'm going to give you a new heart, and I'm going to give you a new spirit, and I'm going to put my spirit within you. So God was pointing forward to something new and something different coming out of the Old Testament, to something new and different in the New Testament. 
So we see Jesus coming in the New Testament, and Jesus, God the Son, lived and ministered through the power of Holy Spirit inside of him. And so we see this, uh, first of all, in Luke chapter 4, when Jesus was in the wilderness being tempted by the devil. And the Bible says, after he came out of the desert, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Holy Spirit was on Jesus and filled him with power. And chapter uh, Luke 4 and verse 16 The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Jesus reads this scripture from the prophet Isaiah saying, The Spirit of the Lord has come upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus promised that after he ascended to heaven, his followers would experience something called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is something brand new. This is something that the world had, had never heard of or seen before. And so, Acts 1, Jesus said, Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised. In a few days, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And that's exactly what happens as we go into the book of Acts. Now, if you have never read the book of Acts, it's an exciting book. It's an exciting part of the Bible. In fact, if you, if you don't read your Bible regularly or, or you, you uh, don't even... A lot of people look at the Bible and they think, how do I even get started reading the Bible? I don't even know where to start. And that's a really good question. I've got a new handout back on the back table back there that says simply, how do I start reading the Bible? So if you've got no clue where to start reading the Bible, this might be a good place to start. Take, take a look at this, and, and, and it's, it recommends starting in one of the Gospels, like Mark or, or John, and read one of the Gospels, and then go to the book of Acts and read what happened as the uh, early church began to grow. In fact, there's a stack of Bibles back there, and if you need a Bible, if you don't have a Bible, take one of those, all that stuff on the on the back table is free, and you can, you can take what you want. So take a Bible, take the flyer, how do, you, how do I start reading the Bible? I really recommend that. So the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost arrived, the Bible says they were all together, all the disciples were all together in one place. And I, I always got the feeling that they were praying, but... They might not have been praying. They might have been just sitting and talking. They might have been having dinner together. I don't know what they were doing. The Bible says they were all together. And suddenly, there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so, for the first time, we see Holy Spirit poured out into everyone, not just one person at a time, not just Gideon, not just uh, Bezalel, but we see Holy Spirit being poured out on all the believers, all at once. 
and Acts chapter 2, as, as Peter was preaching his, his great sermon, Peter said to everyone who was listening, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So, in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, God gave His Holy Spirit to certain people, certain times for certain tasks, but in the New Testament, God pours out His Holy Spirit into every believer, into every one of us. And it seems like, as you read the book of Acts, it seems like this wasn't just a one-time occurrence because they were all filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. You read further into Acts chapter 4, all of a sudden they're having a prayer meeting and they're all filled with the Holy Spirit again. In fact, the Bible says the, the house shook. And, and I believe that, that many of those same people had been at the previous, had been at the previous meeting. So we see that people were repeatedly over and over again filled with, filled with Holy Spirit power. Now, how do we receive the Holy Spirit? How do you receive the Holy Spirit? I have identified three, three different ways. Number one, ask God in prayer. Jesus gives this really interesting teaching in Luke chapter 11, where he says, Luke chapter 11, I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, if his son asks for dinner, for lunch, well, instead of a fish, give him a serpent, or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. So you know that your father is going to give you something good. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? We can simply ask, each of us, we can simply ask for Holy Spirit in our lives, for the Spirit's power. For the Spirit's presence in our lives, we can simply, Jesus said, you can ask. And you know that you have a good Father who loves to give you good gifts, and He will give you Holy Spirit if you ask. Anyone here need wisdom in the past three months? You all have to have your hands up. I have needed wisdom in the past three months. We've all needed wisdom, and, and we all need Holy Spirit's anointing and power and wisdom in our lives. And we can ask Holy Spirit to come and fill us. I, I find that often I ask God for Holy Spirit in my life, for wisdom, for strength, for direction, for, for help, just to know how to go and what to say and what to do. I need Holy Spirit's wisdom and strength and power in my life. So number one, you can just simply ask God. Jesus said, ask your Heavenly Father. He loves to give you good gifts. Number two, sometimes Holy Spirit baptism is just a sovereign work of God without anyone asking anything happening. And this happened, we see a really good example in Acts chapter 10, where Peter, against his uh, what he wanted to do, Peter uh, is co almost compelled by God to go and, and preach about Jesus to these awful Gentile people. And, and he goes in Acts chapter 10, and we see him 
uh, telling these people about Jesus. And I think really in the back of his mind, he's thinking, this is such a lost cause. Why on earth am I talking to Gentiles about Jesus? Uh, I, I just want to get the sermon over with so I can get out of here and go back to uh, what I was doing before. And you know what happened? Acts chapter 10, the Bible says, uh, as Acts chapter 10, verse 44, while Peter was still preaching, while he was still talking, the Holy Spirit just all of a sudden fell on all who heard the word, and the believers from among the Jews who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. There was nothing that Peter did. Peter was just preaching about Jesus, and God just decides to pour out his Holy Spirit on everyone in the room. So sometimes God just does it in a sovereign, supernatural way. And number three, we see, in Acts, uh, for example, in Acts chapter 8, where the Spirit is given with prayer and laying on of hands. So Acts chapter 8, when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. And they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. So asking God in prayer, sometimes it's just a sovereign work of God. Sometimes it's prayer and the laying on of hands. Now, we've already talked a little bit about what the Spirit does. And, and the Bible calls Spirit our helper, John 14. Jesus said, I will ask the Father, and he's going to give you another helper to be with you. The Spirit is our helper, our counselor, our comforter. And sometimes I admit, wow, I need help. Sometimes I need some counsel. Sometimes I need some comfort. And many of us do as well. We need God's presence. We need Holy Spirit in our lives. We need a helper, a counselor, a comforter. The Spirit teaches us. The Spirit reminds you what Jesus said. John 14, 26. The Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things. Holy Spirit shows us things. And, and Holy Spirit helps us to remember what, what Jesus said so we can obey. The Holy Spirit, Romans chapter 8, makes us children of God. Reminds us that we have a heavenly Father reminds us that we are part of God's family, that we have an inheritance from our Father. We are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. The Spirit, this is a powerful one, the Spirit helps us to pray, Romans chapter 8. I don't know if you've ever been, were you ever in a situation where things were so complicated and you didn't even know what to pray for? It's like, Wow, I don't even know how to put this prayer into words. God, help! And, and sometimes it's just been like, I don't even know how to put this prayer into words. I don't even know what to pray for. God, this is such a mess of a situation. I don't even know what to say. And the Bible says that the Spirit helps us, intercedes for us, helps us to pray. And the, to me, that's an amazing, amazing gift that God gives to us, that the Holy Spirit helps us to pray. The Spirit is our intermer uh, uh, is, is between us and, and God the Father, helping us to pray, interpreting our prayers to 
God, intermediary. That's the word I was trying to find. The, the Spirit helps us to, to pray. That's such a powerful thing because so many times we can be in situations where we don't know how to pray, and, and the Spirit helps us. Spirit helps us understand God's Word. I don't know if you've ever been in a scripture and you said, wow, I don't know what that scripture means. I don't understand that scripture at all. God help me. And, and the Spirit, according to Ephesians chapter 1, the Spirit helps us understand God's Word. The Spirit opens up, opens up God's Word and shines a light into God's Word for us. The Spirit transforms us to look like Jesus. Because you know what God wants from you? He wants Christ-likeness. He wants to change you into the image of Jesus. He wants you, and he, he wants to keep changing you and changing you. Because you know what? None of us, not me, not any of you, are quite there yet. <laughs> And God wants to keep changing us, and God wants to keep leading us, and God wants to keep knocking off those rough edges as we become more and more and more like Jesus. God wants to, wants to bring us into Christ's likeness. The Spirit transforms us so that we can look like Jesus. The Spirit unites Christians around the world and in a region or in a church or in a small group, the church, uh, the Spirit unites Christians around the world. A, a prayer request I have for you, some of you know this and some don't. Uh, the Dove family just had a, a terrible tragedy in, in the past week in, in Kenya. Um, a pastor by the name of John Fred, I can't remember his last name, um, Passed away very suddenly uh, from uh, cirrhosis of the liver and, and just left a, a family and a church um, in Kenya. So I, I just encourage you to pray for him, pray for his family, pray for his church. Uh, we, are, we are united together as a church family, uh, not only Dove churches, but, but with many other Christians around the world. And so we, we stand together, we bear each other's burdens, we, we pray for each other. And I encourage you to pray for uh, John Fred's family for his for his church and and uh, we'll try to get you more information about that. But please do do pray. The Spirit unites Christians around the world. The Spirit gives spiritual gifts, and and as we become a Christian, the Spirit comes in and gives a, at least one spiritual gift to to each one of us. Sometimes it's more, and those spiritual gifts are for use. In God's kingdom, for serving and, and for teaching and for evangelism and for, for building up uh, the body of Christ. So we can begin to use our spiritual gifts in the body of Christ because the Spirit comes in and gives us those gifts. And finally, the Spirit gives us the desire and the ability to tell others. So because... We are filled with the Spirit. We have the desire, and we are able to be witnesses for Jesus. God is giving us here at Newport so many new things to do. And, and you've been hearing about 
church planning, you've been hearing about new small groups, you've been hearing about outreach outside of our walls. Where, where do we get the knowledge? Where do we get the inspiration? Where do we get the strategy? Where do we get the skills? Where do we get the guidance? Where do we get the direction for moving outside the walls and taking the church to those who need to hear about Jesus? It's only by being filled with the Spirit over and over. We need spirit power in our lives. We need spirit power moving in our church so that we can move in the direction that God is calling us to go. God gives good gifts to those who ask him. So, shall we ask him this morning? Just invite you to bow your heads with me this morning. Heavenly Father, we just come to you this morning claiming your word from Luke chapter 11. Thank you, Lord, that we have a good father who loves to give good gifts. And Lord, this morning, I believe there are many hungry hearts and souls right here who are asking you just for a new filling, new baptism of your Holy Spirit to come in and fill us, to come in and comfort, to come in and teach, to come in and enlighten, to come in and give new spiritual gifts. Lord, in the name of Jesus, would you move across this place as you did in Acts chapter 2, as you did in Acts chapter 4, as you did in Acts chapter 10, and, and so many other times. Lord, would you move across this place and would you pour out, pour out your Holy Spirit into our lives, fresh and new. Lord, would you fill us with that desire, that desperation to often Every day, every week, every month to be filled with your Holy Spirit fresh and new. Lord, would you put a hunger and a desperation into our hearts and lives that we're not satisfied with, with life the way it was. But we desire life in your spirit. We desire life through your spirit. Lord, would you come and fill this church today in the name of Jesus. Pour out your Holy Spirit into this neighborhood, into these streets, into this region. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we cry out to you. Lord, thank you that you're a good father who doesn't give bad, but you give good. You give good gifts. And Lord, because you've given a good present, a good gift, Lord, we're not going to let that present sit on the shelf, unopened, unused, unwrapped. But Lord, we're going to Step in. We're going to receive that gift in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I invite you to stand to your feet with me this morning. If you'd like someone to pray with you, you'd like someone to lay hands on you, you'd like someone to pray for you for healing or, or for a move of God in your life in some way today, we'd like to pray with you this morning. I'd like to ask our prayer ministers to come and those who've been praying and fasting to come. We just like to be here at the front. Come on up, prayer ministers. Uh, we'd like to be here with you to agree with you in prayer today. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We thank you that you are, you are such a powerful God. And that you move supernaturally in our world. You move supernaturally in our lives. And Lord, today, as we go from here, 
Let us go from here in the power of your spirit. Working, flowing in the power of your spirit this week. Lord, would you give us fresh new hunger, fresh new desperation for your spirit. So, Lord, that we can be what you've called us to be in the workplace, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our region this week in the name of Jesus. Lord, fill us with new strength, new courage, new boldness, new strategy, new vision, new ideas. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I bless this church as we go from here in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Come forward for prayer. We'd love to pray with you this morning.